Hello and welcome to the first of our pre-season Copcast podcasts. Um, I'm your host today, I'm Dave Dunning, after Chief has done a splendid turn on our Euro series. So just to cut through all of the drivel that you probably get bored listening about, which is how we all are, I have got Jay Reid out in Liverpool, I've got Andy Bell in Belfast, and I have Neil Patterson still tenuously in Berlin, yes? Still tenuously in Berlin and not sick of listening about anything. I love listening about stuff. But okay, uh, <laughs> well let's give let's give the people what they want, which is like loads of Liverpool chat. So you. let's get straight into it then. So, Chief, just just to kick off, it's been a while since we all sat down and chatted. Our good friend Jeannie has gone. Um, I think it's fair to say his legacy will probably be remembered. His legacy will probably be more positive than a lot of the chat and shit that Jeannie has had to take uh, in the last couple of years. And I think he's, he, said, he said as much in his, his parting shots. Um, the revelationary uh, outing of the ownership or whatever people seem to think was going to happen didn't really transpire the way people thought it was. He was just kind of like a lot of the fans online are... Just, uh, wankers. There's just, there's just, yeah. There's quite a few wankers out there, isn't there? And I don't really love, I don't really love what you're at. Um, and maybe anybody who like calls out players just because they, I don't know, have some sort of weird agenda against them, maybe just don't do that because here it doesn't make players play any better. But the legacy he leaves behind um, will be certainly, certainly what what you would think will come to be known as legendary. But more pressingly is the hole that the player leaves behind, given not just the understated job that he did, but as was as was brought into stark contrast last season, his constant availability. Yeah, I mean obviously Jeannie was a has been, was, I suppose was, it's definitely over now, was a was a was a great servant. And I think that word servant fits very aptly to him and what he did because he was asked to perform a very, very unglamorous role and a role that was not his his natural or even probably preferred position um, given what he had done for, for Newcastle and, and previously, I think, for um, for PSV in, in, in Holland and, and what he, or in, in the Netherlands and what he does for the, for the Dutch national team. Play, really often playing as a number 10 and, and making those late runs and, and scoring a lot of goals. So, obviously, we, Jurgen Klopp asked him to do something very different and he played much more, much more of a pressing game, much more of a holding on to the, holding on to the ball, holding the play up, uh, laying it off, making sure we, we held on the possession. Um, he had a couple of, or a few, kind of um, spotlight moments. Barcelona obviously springs to mind. He scores some, some massive goals, including a big a big header against City um, very early on in his Liverpool career. And anyway, as you said, his, his legacy will, will be positive. Um, it's quite funny that the fans, well, the fans, the people around, the commentators, pundits, were expecting some kind of... Um, I know. Um, bombshell. Well, bombshell, but but very specifically, sort of owner focused and contract based, and 
I wasn't, you know, I gave everything to this club and, and the owners didn't appreciate me kind of thing, uh, which is sort of seemed to be what was what was being billed. But as I mentioned, just, just on another subject, that was all really, really paper talk. And we were all spinning, spinning and, and spouting off about nothing, because in the end, what he wanted to say was some of you are real ungrateful. <laughs> And you should should wise up a little bit. And and to be fair, that that's absolutely the case. Um, he was massive for us, and I don't. I would. I think I can safely enough say we wouldn't have won the the things we've won in the last few seasons had Gene Wijnaldum not not been there. He was pretty much an ever present in every season that we we did anything of note. Um, and he's one of Klopp's most most. Uh, capped if you want to use that word players um so it, it it it's a big hole that he is leaving uh, a genie shaped hole of course and and then some and um I, you know i think i think we, we will do something to cover it <clears throat> i think we will make a move in in midfield but um i think we'll we'll go on probably discuss the end the, the the who's perhaps a bit later um but i would say that it was on the cards. It, it has been prepared for, and and we all know we got Thiago in in last summer, and we we also know we've got a couple of central midfielders, one in particular, but but certainly a couple who are, if they could shake their injuries, they'll uh, they'll they'll go a long way to to replacing the hole uh, with Thiago coming in last summer as well. I think we're decently stocked there, and as we'll discuss, I think we'll go on to to make another move there and, and strengthen even further, but. You know, fair play to Genie. He said something that perhaps needed to be said, and he certainly felt it needed to be said. And if one of one of the true club legends feels it needs to be said, it, it's quite sad. And yeah, so hopefully some people will wind their necks in, but I doubt it. Like so, you know, it is what it is. And fair play, he's he's he said what he has, and he's moved on. And wish him all the best, and he'll always be a, a legend. Yeah, absolutely, Jay. You know, I think that's very much, it's very much a, a Wijnaldum sort of comment that was made because he is very vocal. Um, he always has been very vocal. I think we all remember his, his interview after the Champions League semi-final against Barcelona where he came out and literally called the manager out for dropping him and telling everybody how furious he was that he got dropped. Um, so, He'll be missed in and around the squad as much for his leadership values as as for his ability on the football pitch. And that is going to be a hole to fill in in the group, so to speak, won't it? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I think the players voted him as one of the, the vice captains, wasn't it? It was obviously this Henderson and Milne and then Van Dyke was next in line. And then the leadership group, was, I think Klopp puts it nicely, uh, the players put Ginny in that and he did captain the team a few times. So obviously he was valued on the on the field and off the field as well by the lads as much as obviously we probably saw it as well. Um, I think Chiefs covered it all in terms of what needs to be said about him and we we are going to miss him and I think his, his status as a player for us will be only elevated more this season than what it probably has been and those who who did knock and doubt him in the past or have, have given stupidly said things online may live to eat the words when they actually seen what he actually gave to us and 
he's gone to PSG. He, he'll shine there. Like he, he, he's, a, he's that good a player. He'll, he'll, he'll piss the French league. And if anything, he makes them a much stronger outfit for the Champions League this coming year. Um, because he's been there, he's done that. And he's worn the T-shirt many a time. So we've got we've got a hole to fill there. And I think there's a lot of speculation on, on who it could be, who it might be. Um, but I, I don't think we we can go into the season without replacing him I, I, as a as a player of of what he gives his leadership and just his availability. Like we we know we've got problems in midfield in terms of fitness availability. Not one of them players has got a clean record of like lasting a whole season without getting one or two bumps and knocks. So Ginny was the only one who did it. And we can't. The only other lad in there really is is Jones and Elliot, and they're unproven really as a full season at that level. Maybe Elliot's more so because he's done the year in the championship, but he's still a kid. Um, so I think we've got to go out there and we've got to we've got to spend some money on someone who's who's ready and proven. We can't gamble on on that position because, as we saw last year, we we gambled at centre half and we nearly lived to regret it. We probably did in in Champions League terms, but. We got through the league season just about, but we, we can't afford to do that with centre midfield. I know you can probably plug a few more players in there easier than what you can plug in at centre half, but with what we've got in there already with Ox, with Naby, with Henderson, Fabinho, Milner, they, they're not indestructible. They, they do get knocks and you, you can't rely on that team. You need to you need to get someone else in there and I think that that's what is causing a lot of debate. But for me, that there is one player that's so, but I, I don't know what what the other lads think, but it seems to be stinking a lot of Thiago last summer where we're linked. Maybe United have been tentatively linked with him. The reports in Spain are he, he, he's got to be sold or he wants out, however you want to wear it. It does seem like he's he's leaving Atletico this year. And all the ones in Liverpool are pretty much like, Thiago last year, no, we're not happening. We're not, it's not, it's not for us. We're not interested. It just stinks of the same thing. And all of a sudden, in the last ten days, it seems to have gone really, really quiet. Which, again, it done last year. And I'll, I'll, I'll name the course of the mast and say I think we are going to get him, and I think you'll be a great time if we do. Yeah, Andy, it's. I don't think there's an argument about the numbers that we have. Because I think if you look at it in the cold light of day, and obviously this is caveated massively when we're talking about availability, you've probably you've probably seven or eight in there, given Ox, Thiago, um, Naby, Jones, Milner, Fabinho, Henderson, and then if you want to throw Elliot in there too, given his impressive preseason Jones. But the thing with Wijnaldum is his job was very, very specific and if you look certainly down that left-hand side, do you think that we do need to sign someone who is very like-for-like or else risk kind of having to make tactical and structural adjustments if you're going to throw maybe like a Curtis Jones or a Naby Keita to play that kind of left-hand side midfield berth? Um, I think... On in terms of like the like for like, what you saw last season, especially around December time when Curtis Jones came in, was he 
kind of was trying to find a seven out of ten game. Everyone saw him for the youth teams where he clearly stood out at that level, clearly was the best player on the pitch. But like two or three times a game, he was able to just take it, skin four players and stick one into the top ends from 40 yards. You don't get the chance. He could be one of the rovers in those games, couldn't he? Yeah, exactly. And I think what kind of Klopp did with him last season, and it, it was a time where a lot of people kind of got frustrated with him because they thought he was being too conservative and they thought he wasn't taking enough risks, which was a lot of the criticism that was leveled at Genie at times. But I think it was the idea of finding a 7 out of 10 game, finding how to just get through a game, perform a functional role in the midfield. And, uh, you know, because a young guy like that, who he kind of has the world at his feet, like Curtis Jones does, if he, if he, you know, in that mould of player, if they have a bad game, it can kind of drag the whole team down with them and stick the whole place out. So it was important that Jones kind of found that, um, found that type of game where if he's trying things and they're not coming off for 20 minutes, that he's able to kind of revert to that 7 out of 10 and, and play that Wijnaldum role. So that's one to keep an eye on, possibly. But in terms of do we need a direct replacement for Wijnaldum, I'm not entirely sure because the reports you know, from the likes of James Pierce and reliable journalists. And they were saying that Klopp kind of saw his first choice midfield last year as very much being Thiago, Henderson and Fabinho. And obviously we barely get to see that. I think we only get to see that once and it's at Goodison Park and it works an absolute treat at Goodison Park. We're completely dominant in that game. So, you know, I, I, I don't think we necessarily need a, an exact Wijnaldum type in the squad. I think if you, if you said to him now, Curtis Jones comes in and does that for 15, 20 games, Premier League and Champions League next season. Um, and that's probably fair enough because in an ideal in an ideal world where all three of those central midfielders stay fit, Fabinho Henderson and um, Thiago, then you probably only see Wijnaldum for 15, 20 games. That's in an ideal world. Obviously, it's not it's never going to play out like that, certainly not with the injury record of our squad. So um, I, I look at the squad and I do still, I, th- I think we're very light in that position. I thought we were even light in that position last year, never mind with the seal of Wijnaldum. And... You look past Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson and you know, what have you really got there that you can hang your hat on? Yes, we've all been impressed with Curtis Jones, but you know, if one of those is injured for half a season, do you want Curtis Jones to hang your hat on him for you know for six months? Not necessarily. Harvey Elliott, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about. I've loved his performances in preseason, I think his future lies centrally. But again, um yes, throw him into the odd game, I'd be happy enough with that. I I wouldn't I wouldn't have any fear, but Two, three months on the bounce, maybe not just yet. You've got James Milner, who's what, 36 now, and who else do I have? Yeah, Chamberlain and, and Keita, who, yes, they've impressed in preseason, but you know, we know we can't rely on them fitness wise or even at times in terms of their form. So yeah, it's worrying, um, in the sense that, you know, if that first choice midfield is out, are the are the backups reliable enough to come in? Are they going to be fit enough? But as you say, the numbers are there. It's just a case of um, maybe the numbers, yeah, not necessarily being as reliable. So I do think we should go and sign somebody. But there's going to come a point where all these wages are stacking up in the midfield, and they're going to have to make a decision on some players, even if they don't necessarily think they're completely useless to us. Yeah, it's a, it's an odd one, chief. Um, because if you look at it. You know, we, the starting midfields you would expect, as Andy's rightly said, is Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago. That's it. And I think we're all, I think we're all, I think we're all very happy with that. But it's when you start to look beyond that, the hinge decision really is Ox and Keita. So if you can keep Ox and Naby fit 
And if you can keep them available and in some kind of form with Milner, Curtis Jones and potentially Elliot sitting in the background there, you'd feel like you're comfortable enough. You've also got the option there to switch to the four, the four guys up front, all stepping in and playing a two in midfield, which we did last year when we were short. We've also, you know, well, you would think that we wouldn't need to revert to the siphoning midfielders off the play centre half this year for crying out loud. Like that, that, that's the last thing any of us want to see, and you wouldn't expect that that's going to be an issue. So you could see a variety of very different permutations in the middle of the park that we didn't see last year without actually signing anybody, and it would probably work out all right. But as we saw at centre half last year, it's probably not worth taking the risk. Do you feel like it's now time, or do you feel the man? Let's 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 maybe look at it from the manager's perspective. Do you feel like the manager might just say, right, this is the season for Ox and this is the season for Nabi. It's now shit or get off the pot time. I'm giving you this year to work your way into the squad to become a core part of the team to be available. And if you're not, then next year it's one or both of you out and a few in the door. Or do you think we just do it? You think you do? You think we do it, don't you? No, I mean, I, I, I think, I don't think the manager's ready to write off either of those players. I think Nabi Kaida was a big was a big coup for the club at the time. Everybody wanted him, and somehow, you know, at that point, Liverpool were not the favourites, but we managed to get him. And then there's all this madness where he had to stay another year, and then we paid a bit extra, and all this crap. It became like a saga, a real saga. And it's never really kicked on. And I don't think that they want that to finish, that to end with a whimper and never to have got off the ground. Uh, at the same time, he very much liked Oxley chamberlain didn't he? I mean, the manager liked him a lot. That one came a little bit of left field. None of us were expecting it. And certainly, I like him too. Yeah, like but whenever we said... I mean, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of people didn't mind it. A lot of people were a little bit more sceptical, but... It wasn't one of them where people were like, oh, yeah, he's dead. I can see exactly why he's gone for Ox. Like, it, it was a little bit like, okay, maybe, mm, sort of okay. You can see maybe the thinking there, but he hadn't had a good time at Arsenal. He was out of contract. And, you know, Klopp's sort of taken a wee bit of a punt on him, but generally it worked out. Apart from the injuries, it worked out. When he's been able to play for us, he's contributed to some, some big moments and, and some big runs. Um, I just I don't think he's ready to give up on either necessarily, but at the same time, I think he's certainly savvy enough to know that he can't actually rely on either of them. And while I think he will give them this season or half a season or whatever to prove that they can stay fit and become integral parts of of the squad, if not the team. Um, but I think at the same time he'll he'll, he'll cover himself, and I think last season. I don't think FSG, neither neither FSG nor Klopp can afford another season like last season. They, we rescued it right at the death, but had Liverpool finished fifth or sixth or something with, with this side, it, it would have been catastrophic. And we all tried to, and, and me in particular, tried to, tried to like downplay how catastrophic it would be or would have been, but it, but it would have been, it would have been horrendous. I mean, you can imagine sitting here now thinking about going into the Europa League. Would have been horrible. 
Um, so it was very, very close, and he can't afford to do it again. And I'm with Jay on this. If Sol Niguez is is available and leaving, and we've been mentioned in the same conversation several times, I think it's it's got us stamped all over him. Um, and I really hope we we go and get him because. 45, 50 million euros for a, a player of that quality and at that age and of that skill set when we, we've just lost Genie is it would be would be a no-brainer for me. Um, so so I think we'll go out and do that as well and uh, I think we need to. But on the Oxley chamberlain uh, Kaida issue, I, I don't think Klopp's finished with them and I do think that either or both could end up playing a big role in the future. Um, but yeah, it probably is their final their final season or half season to, to, to prove themselves. Okay. Um, Jay, on Saul, then. Um, you got you, one by pronunciation. Of course, of course. I'll, 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 uh, I'll cater to the crowd, obviously. Um, he he looks... He looks as, as much of a, and I don't like using the term like for life because no player is the same, but he looks as much like that multifaceted midfield player that has a variety of different skills. Very, very, what is the term they use these days? Press resistant, tactically intelligent, yeah. Yeah. dude with a ball at his feet. And obviously playing for a Simeone side, understands and, well, must understand the very specific tactical instructions that he is given and is able to carry those instructions out on the pitch. So, you know, that all looks and sounds very genie to me. He looks like a perfect fit. Um, but again, there's there's rumors around, you know, do we need to shift people on before we before we start paying transfer fees of that amount? There's there's conversations about the wage bill. There's there's random musings of you know a variety of different contract extensions, and obviously we've seen the Trent ones come out of nowhere there. So, you know, how confident are you that this gets done? And do you think that he is the one, or might we see something just absolutely left field? I'd probably now be close to the mass and say I'm confident that he is the one that we're going for. Um, other names have been mentioned, like. Basuma, for example, was touted around. I think if he was going to either us or Arsenal or the other one he would have missed about, um, he would have gone by now because there was no hold-up for him. He had, he had no European competition, obviously, um, being an African player. Um, so there was no hold-up for him to be like released for international reasons or whatever. So I don't see... If it would have been him, it would have been done by now. Uh Norhouse or Newhouse, I'm sure I'll be corrected on that one. Um, Neuhaus, I believe it is. Chief right. of a correct there. Our German national. Sounds like uh, he's going to make a He's going for a pint, yep. yeah. Yeah, I did German in third year and it's Neuhaus. Neuhaus, okay, so we'll go with that. Um, I, I think with him, we, all, all intents and purposes, we probably made the inquiry and it was shut down and said, like, no, not this year. Um, which is fair enough. Like Gladbach have got every right to do that. The player might have wanted to stay himself, whatever. And then I think the opportunity arose with Saul that he was available. Atletico signed Rodrigo de Paul, so therefore they run a tight ship like we do. It was it's a one in one out sort of policy. Um, and it, to me, it just stinks of Thiago last year and the fact that the only clubs 
that I've seen linked to him are those in United. And then I think United have pretty much been ruled out. And if if they're going to go for anyone, I think they'll go for Ruben Neves from Wolves um, because he'll be a bit cheaper and they'll try and just appease to the to the Premier League proven um, establishments. But I think he's, he is the one. He's left-footed as well, which you don't get very often. I think that'd be a nice balance in the midfield whether it's with Fabinho and Thiago, with Fabinho and Henderson, Thiago and Henderson. However it is, I think... If you bring him in, contrary to what Andy said before, where if if, if Klopp's favoured midfield on it on everyone's terms is Henderson, Fabinho and Thiago, I think it's three from four. So you you'd see a blend of all three of them or four of them getting a solid forty starts, fitness permitting, obviously. It wouldn't be a favoured three. I think if we if we had the opportunity it would be a horses for courses approach and there'll be games where you'll use Thiago in a six or you'll use Thiago in an advanced role you've got Henderson to play a multitude of roles Fabinho could be left out or could sit Saul being left footed for me just it's just a nice bit of balance and not that Ginny done anything wrong because he was very good with both of his feet and even even better using his arse but I, I think it's just a nice balance and it just fits perfectly and I could be well off the mark but I, I think it happens and it might just run into actually when the season starts, like like the Thiago one last year, and we might play a game or two, and all of a sudden he arrives, and then we don't see him until after the international break, which I think is like three games into the season. Three games, yeah. So can like, I can I just say, Jay, um, Niguez reportedly earns two hundred and ten grand a week at Atletico. Do you like you? You surely can't bring him in on on two fifty. He can't be earning like the wages Salah and and people like that are earning. I don't even think you could. I don't even think you could bring him in no. on on what he's earning now. No. I think you, I think if he comes in, you, you're saying you, you're going in on one twenty, one thirty, one forty, something around that mark. You you you're the tier below the top, which is rumouredly what. I don't even think we're paying that much. We are. I think, I think we're paying Thiago good bet. I think we're paying Thiago around no. two hundred. But I, I, don't, I just don't think if he's on 210 with Atletico, he's he's not going to take much of a pay cut if he's going to take a pay cut. I and think 26. Are we going to give him that money into his 30s? Just to cut across, I think we'll we'll bring him in on what Thiago's on. I think it just smells I don't know. like the same deal almost, except you're getting a player who's five years younger or four years younger. Um, okay. So so we'll see. Like for 200, 200k is a, a lot of money, but. I think you sort of have that bracket. If, if you're going out and signing someone, you're saying, as as Jay says, he, he'd probably be a starting midfielder, three from three from four. I guess maybe you're, you're prepared, or, or maybe on performance bonus, you, you'll get him up to that kind of thing, if you know what yeah. I mean. I mean, what, what's yeah, the thing? So you don't Andy bring him this, in on 150. Andy, yes. And then, sorry, sorry, Scott's question. You used to say you bring yes. him in, you say your base is 150, and for every game you start, you get 20 in your back pocket. So you're on 170, and then... It, Performance related clean sheets, goals, and exactly how we how we do a lot of deals. But Trent's players. just signed on 150, though, wasn't he? Yeah, and yeah, I it's a hard one. one because I understand he's he's world class, but we've only put a year on his deal. I to, to, to me it seemed like we, we've kind of rushed that one. I don't I don't know if I've not had any reports whether whether Trent's gone and just said like, look, you know what I'm worth, pay me. And yeah, just I gone, think we. I okay. think this is the. I think this is the Sterling. The Sterling effect probably taken, yeah. taking place here. Um, 
and I think rightly so as well. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm not disputing he's not worth yeah. it. I just, I just tra- think other players could have been extended who were running out before him. Yeah, and it it might be a case where it might be a case where we we the, the club have an option to extend on that deal, but you know I don't I don't really know the makeup of it. But on the wages and and on the obviously the transfer fee is going to be in and around fifty million as well, and that's a that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, Andy, this kind of brings me on to my next point, um, and it's a nice segue, so thanks for that. To me, the French League is an absolute disarray here, and yeah. I, this is where I am surprised there hasn't been more links, because to me, this is FSG walking into Walmart and going, right, where is, where is the sale? Where is the sale? Where are the discounted items? We're going straight there first, because we're going to pick a bargain up, and... We've ha- we've links with the fellow with all the vibes and his name is it Oar. Oar, yeah. Is that how you say it, right? <laughs> Oar, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> There's a chant anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oar, okay. Yeah. Ooh, ah. a, a Bristol sort of Bristol sort of um, effort, right? Um, also, the boy Kamavinga um, has also been been touted highly. Doku's another one, but but obviously that's that's kind of higher up the pits then, isn't it? That's yeah. you're, you're you're looking at the front three, the front three there. But you know, there are talents in there, and you wouldn't be surprised if the Saul Saul thing is maybe a little bit rich for our blood, given everything we've seen from from the owners, and we maybe do stoop. Not stoop, but we maybe do look at something which is a bit more opportunistic. Would you say? Um, there's a couple of things on it. Um, first of all, like they've done opportunistic deals before. The main ones were the stick out in my mind are Shakiri and Minamino. Now, while you're probably going to make profit in those two players, and in Shakiri's instance, you know you've got a good, you've got a pretty good what three four years out of him. Got a couple of goals to beat United. Provides the assist in the Champions League, came in, did well at times. You know, I think he's, he's been a good signing. He has, but we're, you know, it's not all kind of, I'll bring them in. Doesn't really matter if they don't do that well, we'll just sell them on. So we're in a situation now where we can't really, or we seem to be, well, we're in August and we haven't got Shakiri or Minamino shifted, and it seems to be holding up deals for new players. So I don't think it's just a case of stack the squad. And, you know, we all know about the Premier League rules and the homegrown rules. We've been over it before. So, you know, it, it can't, there has to be an element of, you know, you were still interested in this player and the bargain or the, the money being driven down only kind of confirms that in your mind. That said, there are some great players in that league. Um, it's, a, it's a weird one. Like 19 of the 20 clubs are up for sale um, because of this media deal that's fallen through. Yeah. Clubs up in the north, like Ren, who Docky plays for, is Camavinga Lille or Ren? He's not up north anyway. Anyway, those clubs can't get anyone in the door, pandemic or not. There just isn't the interest there. There isn't the culture there for the football. Um, it's not very appealing. It's not an overly appealing part of the world, to be honest. Having, um, you know, visited there and lived in and around there for a while. So yeah, they're in a lot of trouble. Um, they stopped the they stopped their league in uh, the pandemic year they were the only one of the top five leagues to actually call it in march and they lost a load of revenue from that so there's a million and one things as to why they need to sell and the only thing is the players that that were mentioned there like doku for example i think he's in the same kind of mold as malin 
in that five or six years ago, we'd have been all over it. You know, we would have 19 year old, that profile can potentially play for you for the next 10 years, taking a little bit of a risk, but you can develop them and you've got time to develop them because you don't need to win every single game. But we're kind of past that now. We're kind of we're kind of the team who signs them after they've been to Dortmund for a few years or after they've been to, I don't know, AC Milan. So we're in a weird situation with transfers where, you know, we, we're acting like a bigger club in terms of the players we're targeting, but we're still trying to penny pinch. And this isn't an anti-FSG thing at all, but it's just a weird quandary we're in um, where FSG's model along with the players we need and the players that come in come in and the players come in and improve the first team um are kind of at odds with each other and it limits you you think they're stuck you think they're stuck between two stools i think i think to an extent but i think i don't think there's necessarily no players that fit into that i think it's just you're very much narrowing your um spectrum your watch list um, and I think it's it's going to be a quite interesting couple of years. So um, yeah, I'm, I, 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 in terms of league on specifically, I'd, I'd be happy to do that on Saul dead quick. Like, it's just very hard to see, and we don't know him as a person. We don't know if he's going to come in happy to take a pay cut. He's football centric, or whether he's money minded. You know, he could probably go somewhere else and be on 250, 300 grand a week. There's a question mark over whether you want him coming into the dressing room. You know, uh, on that money, the knock-on effect that that has, especially with people who have, you know, Henderson turns around and says, I won you a league in European Cup, I'm only on 120 or whatever he's on. I don't know about the specific figures, but conversations like that will be had. It was one of the main reasons people said, you know, they wouldn't go for Mbappe on 400 grand. So it's 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 difficult with all these. I think Neuhaus is still more likely Um I never, I didn't think the rumor was completely cut dead. I thought it was more of a case of the release clause has expired and it's going to be more difficult. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're still working on that. He's a few years younger. He's press resistant, as you say. Um, I haven't actually watched any of him, but going off what I, what I understand about him, he probably maybe even fit in slightly better than Seoul. Um, and then you've got the the kind of thing about the contracts and people going into their thirties earning big money, and so that'll be a problem. Albeit kicking the can down the line, it's still going to be a problem if you continually sign those types of players. So yeah, interesting quandary we're in. Uh, definitely narrows the field for us, but I'm sure they'll have a, a short list and a list of targets, and uh, I'd be surprised if we don't see at least one. Yeah. Okay. So just dead quick then, um, I'll just go round the three of you here. Chief, I'll start with you. Where are we on the Harvey Elliott lad? Because, you know, I think we were kind of sold on him as being a, an attacker, a front three sort of player. I always looked at him and just the one thing that really stood out for me is that he just doesn't have raw pace. And I think in this day and age, if you're going to play as a wide forward, you need that raw pace. You need that. Rashford, Mane, Salah, Sancho, Sterling, Pace. That's what you need. And he doesn't have it. But we have seen, um, whether it's an experiment, whether it is a transition, but we've seen him play what has been kind of called a more continual role in, in pre-season in, in a sort of attacking midfield position where he's he's able to kind of probe and prod and get the ball and, and, and run at defences and influence the game from there. And we know the issues with the whole 
continue debates and that's another thing but where do you stand with this player a the age the experience b the sort of player that he is do you think that he can be an option this year or do you expect him to go out and loan uh, well obviously he's very exciting um i haven't seen that much of him just a wee bit here and there when he caught some highlights of pre-season um i've been here and he's played and you mentioned yourself he's, he's, he's played a bit more inside um and a bit more sort of behind the front um and by all accounts he's done he's done really well everyone's been waxing lyrical about him a lot of people have been saying that they want to see him have minutes this season he can make a contribution so that would be awesome i mean the last players to to in in a forward in forward positions to really make contributions at, at that age. Um, well, you're going back, aren't you? You're, you're going way back. So well, Sterling, I suppose. Yeah, briefly. Yeah, briefly. Um, for for the length of time we had him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Elliot is by all accounts, you know, an absolute, you know, head and shoulders for um for a player of his age. He stood out immediately when we signed him, uh, and he, he played, and we were all like, "Yeah, who's this wee lad?" And you know, he's 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 he was sixteen, I think, at the time, and he was he was cutting it, um, he was cutting it fine with 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 top players and demanding the ball and all the rest of it. So you could clearly see he had it. He went to Blackburn, tore it up by all accounts. So it'll be very interesting. I don't know. I think it will keep him around, perhaps the start of the season. Um, I think we'll definitely will. He's, he's played a, a big part in preseason, and you know he seems to be he seems to be in the manager's plan. So I think he'll definitely stay to begin with. Maybe it'll be a case of see how many games you really can use him in, and if he's getting his game and we're still in the cups and stuff, then we'll probably keep him for the season. If we have another season where we go at the league cup in in the third round or whatever, and you know it's it's we have. Heaven forbid, go, you know, we we have same issues as last year or anything like that. But if if we start finding that we're we're having to to stick pretty rigidly to tried and tested players and all the rest of it, then uh, perhaps he'll he'll go on loan. Um, but there certainly seems to be a lot of talk around him, and and I'd love to. I can't wait to see him actually play a, a competitive a competitive game, whether it's from the start or whether it's you know. 15, 20 minutes to go. I'd love to, to actually see him in, in a red shirt and, and see and make up my mind if, if he can contribute. But from what I'm hearing, he can't. Um, whether he will go out and loan, I think it'll just be down to pragmatism and what's best for him and and, and, the, and the squad. Yeah, Jay, Klopp has... I think Klopp's made a point of saying that he is ahead in terms of his development a lot of these other world-class players at the club were at, at the same age. Um, and I don't think he goes out of his way to say that for no reason, which makes me think that he might see a place for him, certainly for the first half of the season, if not to see how it goes, see how it goes, maybe for the whole season. Where are you with, with the young fellow? Um, pretty torn, to be quite honest. I think... I wouldn't be surprised if he stuck around, but then I also wouldn't be surprised if he went out on loan at the same time. I think I could be wrong on this, but can championship clubs 
loan players after the tram- the Premier League window shut. I think it, it, it does a thing where they, they've got an extra period of time they where they can loan from Premier League clubs, but they can't they loan to each other. Though, don't they? Yeah. Weeks. yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if we kept until the end of August and maybe if it's a week or two, I don't know exactly the, the finer details that we then maybe look to send them on loan. Or if we kept them till January just to, uh, as you've said, maybe use them in the League Cup, give them a few minutes, just keep them around the squad and let them develop with, with better players and then maybe second half of the season look to get them on loan somewhere. I think if he was going alone in the Prem, I think it would have been done by now. Um, like the, the likes of Norwich could have probably done with them. Brentford, these like younger, uh, upcoming exciting teams who probably look to play a bit of football. Um and he'd probably get decent minutes at, but if not, I think you've got to be looking at a top-end championship team who, as good as Blackburn, are the you know the mid-table. The, they probably finished around about 12th to 14th. I don't know exactly. They were at one point in the playoff positions, but that league's mental. You can lose two games and you can be eight positions yeah. low, and you can win two games, you can be top of the league. So they I did be... play the right sort of football, though. Yeah, for him. I mean, to... For him to start to try and certainly develop. If there's if there's a team down there, like you'd be looking at, I don't know, like Fulham or Bournemouth or something like that. No teams who historically have a an ideology of trying to play good football. Um, maybe that's yeah, like where you're, you like, like you're not like you're not sending them to Derby to play under Wayne Rooney. Let's be honest. No, we and Derby have got enough financial troubles without even delving into that one. Um, you'd, you'd look to send him somewhere where he's going to be competing at the top end where the level between the top end of the championship and the bottom eight in the Premier League is not really much difference. Like, I don't see any point in us sending him to the likes of Crystal Palace where he probably would just get lost in the mire. Maybe someone like Newcastle, but Steve Bruce is not going to get the best out of Harvey Elliott. You've got to find the right manager as well as the right club. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't be against keeping him around. I just think if you do, like, we've got to utilise him. We can't just be, you know, keeping for the sake of, of being there and then he gets three minutes off the bench every couple of games. Like, you know, give him 20, 25, give him a start in, in saying, like I think Andy said before, the pod, if he started against Nottage in the first game of the season, you wouldn't be surprised. And that's the sort of games you probably think, well, you can you can gamble on I'm putting this lad in for 60. If it doesn't work, then you can make a change with enough time to, to rescue the game should it need rescuing. Um, but I, I'm I'm happy with whatever we do with him. Yeah, Andy, it's, I know people are saying, oh, we'll, we'll probably send him out on loan. But it's not quite as easy as that. You can't just farm, farm a player like that out to anybody. We've seen the impact that a couple of bad decisions and loan spells have had on, for example, Ben Woodburn's career. So you've got to find the right manager. You've got to find the right club. You've got to find a team that plays the right sort of football that's going to it's going to nurture him, that's going to enable him, that's going to develop him, where he's not going to get bogged down with, you know, running around, chasing balls, getting kicked over the top of his head. And that goes for both championship and Premier League sides. So realistically... You'd probably say if you're going to loan him out anywhere, you'd maybe be looking abroad. But as I say, 
it's not just quite as easy as oh, do you know what? We'll maybe just we'll maybe just find somebody who maybe fancies him for a loan spell like last minute because we need to take a lot more care and attention with this talent. So where where do you think we'll go with him this season? I don't think he goes out and loan. Um, I think he stays. I think he gets his games both in the cups where he'll definitely play, and I, he'll also get his games in the league and Champions League as well. I think he's going to be. Um, you know, in and around our midfield. Um, I, you know, when you look at those midfielders, Thiago Henderson, Fabinho, we've previously mentioned, is probably your ideal first choice. Everyone fit European Cup final tomorrow. That's what you go for. But all three of those went deep into the Euros. Or sorry, obviously Fabinho didn't. Um, Henderson, Thiago went deep into the Euros. Fabinho went deep into the Copa America. Now, I know those players didn't actually play a hell of a lot for their countries, but you know, they've still had their holidays or still a few weeks behind in terms of their fitness and their preseason. Well, they're out there training every day as well. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're probably, we're certainly not going to see all three of those in the first day. It might be a case of Fabinho plays Norwich, then Henderson plays Burnley and you give them a little bit more rest and get them ready. Um, but there's going to be opportunities there at the start of the season is my overarching point. And I think Elliot is going to play one of those games. I actually think he will start Norwich away. Um, but we're, we're, you know, we're still two weeks away from that. We'll probably have a bit more information by then. I don't think he's going to go out on loan. I think last year, I take what you guys were saying about, you know, it's important to find the right club and the right manager, the right style of football. Uh, I think it's, I've always said it's underestimated the extent to which um, Premier League clubs, you know, scrutinize and analyze which clubs they go to. It's really important to them. People just think it's go out and get some football. It's not. That said, he went out to Blackburn and played under Tony Mowbray. So I think it was a little bit more about go and get knocked about, improve your physicality, get a bit of experience than it was necessarily, you know, this is going to tactically stand you in good stead going forward because he goes out there and he plays right wing. And I agree with you, Dave. I think he's, I don't think he's a winger. I think he's going to play centrally for us. I said that from the moment he came in. I thought it might've been number nine, but it looks like it's going to be in midfield. Um, so yeah. And, and, and just, just on that as well, uh, kind of something that I think furthers that theory maybe is that Jared Bowen's been the only name who's linked who would come in and kind of play on the right cutting in on the left which you know if they see Harvey Elliott as a as a as a right winger I don't think they bring someone like that in obviously we don't know if that link is is genuine or just a smoke screen but it was something that struck me when we were linked with Bowen so yeah I'm really looking forward to him this season he's been incredible in preseason I know you guys um, maybe haven't seen as many of the games but um, I <laughs> as I was saying in the pre-pod I got home here to Northern Ireland and my girlfriend had to isolate for 10 days so I've been literally finding any football to watch and I've watched them all and he's been outstanding uh, people have been going on about Naby Keita this guy's been better um, he's he just looks a cut above um, and he looks and the, the front three uh, certainly Sal and Manny have been playing from right from the start of preseason look like they love playing with him so I'm really excited for him Um I had a look today to see if he was on fantasy football yet, and they don't have him. So I'm interested to see his price. I might even stick him in as a, a wild card in the first game. I've just got the a one question. little worry. Yeah, go ahead. Would Would you be against him going to Bundesliga, where no. we see quite a few young English talents go out there and and be nurtured and and come back much better players? No, absolutely not. This is this is exactly what I said. I think you'd probably be looking abroad for for a loan spell. Like, would you maybe Leipzig? Jesse Marsh is there. He's got a, a a track record of developing young players at Salzburg. Obviously, the Red Bull system and 
we all know how Salzburg work with nurturing young players and selling them off for huge profits. Obviously, we've got a good connection given the the transfer history between the two clubs. Would it would it be a surprise if we ended up somewhere like Leipzig, where you know he's going to get game at the top level? I'd just be surprised if he left, to be honest, this season, because it's still in a situation where if it becomes apparent that he's not ready for this level yet or he's not ready to come into the first team and play for a month and have that impact, you can still farm him out and know next year. He'd only be 19 years old, as, oh, as Dave worked out in the pre-pod. Of course, I'm thinking, like... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, like, you know, we, we keep we keep Red Bull sweets if we, if we send them yeah. one of our top talents. So we, we've done a lot of business with them. We've took a lot off them. Why not give them something back? Yeah. I, think it come, I think it comes down to, Jay, it's, and again, we sit here and we assume that everybody's going to want him. Red Bull just mean, Red Bull might be, no, we have we have our own talent to develop here. Oh, and we course, have our course. own young players that, that we want to come through. So again, it's, as I said before, it's not quite as easy as we'll do this with him. Um, so, you know, I, personally, I think the best place for him is at the club. And if he's going to get minutes, I kind of see this as a, I kind of see this as maybe Curtis Jones two seasons ago, where he's he's coming in, he's he's making a splash in League Cup games, he's he's stepping in, he's getting a game where he can, he's getting 15, 20 minutes, and. You, you never know. He might be able to force his way into the squad, and it will do him no harm training every day with, with the players that the players that are running around the place. Well, so maybe like, like just that quick. How many you know? If even sorry, I don't mean to like take over. But if we went round everyone, just give a number. How many starts do you think he gets Premier League and Champions League next season? Say we get semi-finals of the Champions League, he stays fit because I think he could get 10, 15 starts. Chief. Seven. Uh, sorry, seven. Are you just talking Premier League, Champions League, yeah? Yeah, because he'll, uh, he'll, he'll definitely play the the, the cups. Uh, five or six. Yeah, I don't think it exceeds ten starts. But again, you, you know, he, he might get a feature in fifteen games, but I think he'll only get five or six starts, like a dead rub in the Champions League, and yeah, it, and maybe a I'm couple of league of. games. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny one. And again, you're, if, you, if you're talking, everybody remains fit all the time. But as we know, that's not the case. Yeah. And I think we've seen, for instance, if we look at what Guardiola did with Phil Foden, I kind of look at this in the same way where people were crying out, play Foden, play Foden, play Foden, play Foden. Guardiola went, no, he held him back and held him back and held him back. And gradually introduced him into the first team so we'll see if if that's if that's the sort of thing that the Klopp decides to do with Elliot but I feel that that's probably the smart move we probably I think it's, yeah I think it's 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 hard isn't it like it's it's, it's really difficult to, it's really difficult thing, I think it's one thing if you're if you're just if you're a an L phenomenon, like if you're banging the ball in the back of the net, and that's what, like like Owen was, like Fowler was. I think once you once you once you get your your start, you just keep doing it, and that's one thing. But I don't. Elliot's not. He's he's not that. So and as it's also the, another thing if you're just a mid-table team. Yeah, 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 and you don't have to win. There isn't the pressure of of winning. But also, Elliot, you mentioned he doesn't—he doesn't necessarily have that pace. So he, so he's relying on, on his quality, really. 
because he doesn't have massive physicality. He doesn't have brilliant pace. He's not smashing the ball in from every angle. So it, it's all about the quality. So you, so you re, and Foden in, in a way as well. Like he's he's kind of got a bit of everything, but he doesn't have one thing in in spades. Yeah. So I think easing him in is is probably the right tactic. You know. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 look at the front end of the pitch briefly before we wrap things up. Chief, do we sign a forward? Yes or no? And you know where are you with the Bowen links? <laughs> I think we do sign a forward because because I think we sign a midfielder and a forward and yeah um, the Bowen links they're interesting to me because I've seen him play and he surprised me because I, I didn't think he'd be much do you know the first time I saw him play for West Ham I was like fuck who's this lad uh, I, I saw him against United I think so I'm against United, I think, at, at that whatever shit stadium it is they play in, and he really impressed me. I think he had a goal yeah, disallowed. I saw West Ham play, I don't know, two or three times in the in the in the full last season, and he impressed me whenever I saw him. Um, so it's not a great sample size, but then his numbers are quite good. West Ham did pretty well. He's quick. He came from Hull. Um, which is you know, he's tearing it up for Hull. He was scoring for fun, I think. Um, and he's come to West Ham. It's, it's it's a step up. It's a league up, and he's done well. Um, he's made an impression so much so that he's heavily linked to to, to the you know league winners and and challengers and and so on. So you know, if our uh, if our club is behind it, if 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 Edwards and and Gordon and and Klopp and and all. Have identified him and and see him as a as the right fit and the right the right guy to bring in. I mean, he ticks some boxes. I guess he's probably homegrown, so that helps. Um, he's played in the Premier League. He's a decent age. What is he? Twenty five, twenty four, something like that. Mid twenty. Yeah, he's, yeah. I thought he was. So, is he twenty? Yeah, he's twenty four. Sorry, he's twenty four. Twenty four. So so decent age. You, you'll get the best out of him, the best of his career. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what what is the price tag? It's 30 to 35, like. I think. They bought again. him for 20. Yeah, again, it's... It's very money for me. Yeah, how much can you really lose on that? You know, uh, you know, provided he stays fit, he's got a good injury record. Um Supports yeah. the homegrown quota, which is yeah, all the rage at the minute. I know, I mean, we're we're not really singing him up. I'm not singing him up in any ways. Maybe because the name and and uh, it's not glamorous. Do you know what I mean? It's not, and and it, you know it shouldn't have to be. But it's he could be one that's just about to that's just about to explode, and that's what we got with with Mane, with Salah, and with others. And we were really good at, at picking them out. So. Yeah, I think we've tried to do the same with Jota, and if if they're trying to do the same with Bowen, then I think at thirty million or something like that, it's it's it makes sense. Um, I don't want it to be the end of our forward rainbow for the next couple of seasons, mind you. But yeah, I think we do need to add a forward, and and why not? Yeah, I think there's also a consideration as we talked about with Saul earlier on that the wages wouldn't really not be an issue with a player like that. Um, so that's something else to consider. 
So look, I think it's very it's very tenuous at the minute. I, I almost feel the fact that there has been so much talk about him is a reason why we probably won't sign him. Yeah. So Jay, just to move away from that, what a sight it was to behold. Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez on a football pitch wearing a Liverpool shirt. Virgil van Dijk kind of fell over and gave away a goal, but no one cared because he was just there running around. And it was great. Um, so, yeah, like, how happy are you? And I think the more important question is, how far do you think he is away? Um, well, that was the one game I didn't see. Because I happened to be my birthday that day and I was several beers in at that point and I'd just seen he would come on the pitch, which I was happy about. Um, so that was a nice present. Um, I did see he fell over and whatever, but I happened to go to the barbers the next day and all of a sudden all the Evertonians and they were like, Van Dyke's finished. I was like, please, please put yourselves back in your little box. Like, he's just a nine months out and he was probably told not to tackle anyone. You just worry about your players not messaging other people. Who shouldn't be of a legal age, and we all ended there. Um, Are they not still boycotting football because Rafa's their manager? No. Oh no, because they've signed uh, the world class talents of Andros Towns and the Marty Gray and Asbia Begovic, so Champions League here they come. Um, oh, well, they'll always be the banter club, but they're not. Uh, the, uh, Every city. year, they win the transfer window, and we're told they're going to be brilliant. Uh, Every year, they, uh, uh, I, they're just banter. That's all they are. Um, Anyway, back to the back to the main man, the, the point in question. Um, how far away is he? I'd say he doesn't start the season um, in the start eleven. I think I put it in our group today. I'd be surprised if he could possibly make Chelsea, which is our third game in, which is the end of August. Um, if not after the international break, I think Holland abroad, Netherlands, sorry may try and call him up for that international break just to have him in and around the squad um, to maybe lick a few wounds that were dealt over the summer period. But I think if he if he's managed correctly, which he obviously has been all the way back, it wouldn't be a surprise if it's not till after them. But Chelsea being Chelsea and so early on in the season, it wouldn't be a shock if, if he's in by then. And who knows, Matip might have broken two by then anyway. Um and the same with Gomez. I think out of the two, Gomez was was the worst injury, and I think we will be very careful with him, given yes. he just had a, a very checkered history with injuries. Um, and then we got Kanate there, or Kanate, as some people are telling me you need to pronounce it. Um, he's looked imperious. Like I know it's only pre-season, but he's he's got that ability to just glide across the pitch and step in and be physical and he likes to step out with the ball and look for a, a forward pass which you know it, it's everything we look for in the centre half it's very Van Dijk-esque and you know if you've got two lads who can do that then you know you, you just have more weapons to your armory so I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see them um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be rushing them and I don't think we will I don't think we're that stupid like we've, we've taken all the precautions we can and what I am looking forward to is going the game at the weekend on Sunday against Bilbao. First time back at Anfield with a decent crowd. I know I went to the last game of the season, which was 10,000. It was very weird. Um, but I think we got 44,000 in for this one. Um, and hopefully um, we'll see at least 45 for 
Van Dyke or Gomez, it'd be nice if they both got across. I think we play Sunday and Monday nights if they got 45 each on those two nights. Not like combined like Van Dyke Sunday, Gomez Monday. Um, you know, give the lads the boost of of playing in front of a stadium of of people, and you know, lads like Thiago's never played at Anfield with a crowd, and like Canate coming in, like it's just a, like a little bit of magic, and all of a sudden, like football feels real again because we're allowed back in the ground. I know that sounds really pathetic, but it's a sign of the times that we're in at the moment. No, no, I I totally agree. I think you know, for me, some of the, some of the most just awe-inspiring moments over the over the last few months was was watching European Championships games with with people in the stadium and it just was absolutely brilliant. So Andy, just to finish finish up here, it's weird. We've got like a variety of options at centre half, which seems bizarre given given last season. But there's a lot of chat around Kanate. What I think people forget is that he's still 21. Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah, 21, 22. Still, still yeah. 21. Um, he's new to the league. He's come off a bit of an injury-plagued season as well. He hasn't exactly been fully available. So, you know, where are you with your opinion of Van Dijk's preferred partner in the manager at manager's eyes, because I'm sitting here and I'm looking at things and I'm thinking to myself, I still think Big Joel gets the nod if all four are available. Yeah, it's 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 been a strange one kind of ever since Van Dijk came in, and we've had these players, we've had Gomez, we've had Matip, we've had Lovren at times, who was favoured alongside Van Dijk for for ten, fifteen games in a row at a time if he stayed fit for it. So it kind of all depends. I think he's he's not averse to kind of starting with Gomez, and then if Gomez picks up a knock for a couple of games and Matip comes in and does well, then Matip takes a mantle and kind of work it like that. And we were talking earlier about it's. You're talking about okay, you can pick a team, uh, you know, European Cup final tomorrow, everyone's fit, but it never really works out like that, and a season never really works out like that. And as you've mentioned there, you've got three players. Well, let's start with the two we we've had for a while, Gomez and Matip. We know what their bodies are like. We know we can't, you know, overly rely on them. Hopefully, having an extra body in will mean we can rotate more towards what we want and we're not overplaying them like we seemingly did with Matip last year to aggravate his injury. Um, and then you've got Kanate, who we knew about his injury record, but we still decided to sign him. So it's not something fundamentally wrong with his body, like it clearly was when Abil Fakir all those years ago. And then with Van Dyke, as I've said before, um, it's all it all depends on the sports science with him. If they can see him and have a look at him and, and think that was one freak injury, he's had an extra you know, extended period to get himself right again and he's completely right again and he's going to be the defender who was fit for every game for three years, then you can just pick one of the three. Um, I don't think he's going to start the season, I agree with Jay, um, and I don't think Gomez is either, so I think you'll see Kanate and Matip and then you'll see Van Dijk yeah, towards the end of August. And I guess Kanate and Matip are playing for their place in those first few games whoever probably the better is of those two um will keep their place when van dyke comes back in 
and Gomez has a has a battle on his hands, um, which is good because he's good enough. And if he can come back and he's the same player, then that's perfect for us. Um, and you know, it could get to the point where it's January before he gets a run of games, and I'm okay with that because that's what top clubs do. Um, you was, was it the Port barely got a game for City last year, and everyone was saying he was the best centre half in the league only two years ago. You know, so we're starting to act like that, which is good. Um, and I don't think they can have any complaints because the two of them have shown themselves to be unreliable uh, in terms of their injuries. Certainly not with their performances or two top class centre halves, but with their injuries, they're gonna have no complaints. So yeah, it's a battle. They all have to fight it out. They all have to show who's going to be best next to Van Dijk. I don't think. I think they're all going to look pretty good next to Van Dijk. I'm not overly worried if it's any of them, but as long as it is one of them and it's not, you know, Phillips and Williams and all these other players. Okay, so guys, thanks for your company. That's been uh, very enlightening talking about the Reds for a change. So until next time, up the we haven't got a fucking clue what's going to happen in the transfer window, Reds. <laughs>